Golden State Warriors basketball. Shoots over Danny Green. Rainbow! Nothing but net! How did he do it? The fifth three-point shot of the night for Steph Curry. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Now looking, looking. Find Curry. Curry. Get space, finding a dowel, he'll turn, fire at the horn, got it! Andre! Andre nailed the three at the buzzer, he did it again! Iguodala sprints to the locker room, and the Warriors come out of Atlanta with their eighth straight victory! Curry looks at the official, doesn't get the call, comes out to the right corner with a dribble. Now spins it back to the Patriots, a float around the way, rolls it down, he's got 29! We're all just participants in Steph Curry's world, he's got 10 points in the fourth quarter. Good box up by Curry on Blatch. Gets the rebound. Leaves David Lee with a catch and a lay. A beautiful at the rim. What a beautiful pass by Steph Curry to David Lee. And all he had to do is catch it and lay it in. Just some of the highlights from the 6-1 uh, and one road trip. The Golden State Warriors coming off that road trip with a loss last night in Brooklyn. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Roy. And once again, we invite you to take a seat around the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Golden State went into Brooklyn last night with a chance to make some more history. They had a seven-game road winning streak. That was snapped. The seven games, one in a row on the road, tied the franchise record set back in 1969. They had a 10-game winning streak, and that finish is tied for the second longest in franchise history. The longest was in 1971-72 when the Warriors won 11 straight, and we will revisit uh, that streak a little bit later on. And last night, the loss in Brooklyn, a tough loss, but a great road trip. You know, the Warriors had a chance to make even more history, but they come off on another historic road trip of 6-1, and one, and they're one of three teams all time to post a 6-1 and one trip in consecutive seasons. Remember, they did it last year in December, again, going through the Eastern Conference. They joined the 2002-2004 San Antonio Spurs and the 1995-97 Chicago Bulls. All in all, a great road trip, including that fantastic finish, as you heard a moment ago, in Atlanta. Andre Iguodala already with his second buzzer beater to give the Golden State Warriors a win. And how about the play of Steph Curry and also David Lee? David Lee, the West Conference Player of the Week, and his numbers over the seven-game trip, 22.7 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. He shot 68% from the field over the seven games. And so what a start for the Golden State Warriors in the new year of 2014. They take on Boston tomorrow night and play 10 of their next 14 at Oracle before heading into the All-Star break. Coming up this hour on the show, we'll hear from Draymond Green. Draymond's had a very good role coming off the bench this year. He's an improved player and one of the reasons why Golden State can go to their bench with some confidence on the defensive side of the ball. We'll look back on how Steph Curry and his family helped feed the kids over the holidays in Oakland. I'll go online at Warriors Fox on Twitter and answer some of your questions about the Golden State Warriors. We'll hear from David Aldridge later on from NBA.com and TNT and get his mid-season thoughts on what's happening in the NBA. And Jim Barnett will step by as well to talk about the 11-game winning streak the Golden State Warriors had in 1971-72. And that winning streak coincided 
with the insertion of Jim Barnett into the starting lineup. It's all this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, the post-road trip show, as we get ready for the Boston Celtics uh, tomorrow night, right here on KMBR 680. And the pregame show starts at 7 o'clock. Hey, the Warriors in Cash Creek Casino Resort are teaming up to give away 25 prizes in 25 days. Win one of our daily prizes, including a chance to sit in the owner's floor seats for a game. Tonight's prize is a complimentary Warriors basketball camp for two. Registration is free. Enter tonight at warriors.com slash 25 days. You must be 21 or older to enter. Hi, Tim Roy. The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues a conversation with Draymond Green. He'll talk about how he changed his diet in the offseason to make himself a leaner, meaner basketball machine and also his stint at Michigan State in football. That's coming up next on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Lee wrestles away the rebound, leads a three on two, fights, Bogut running the floor, and he throws it down with two hands. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Well, the Golden State Warriors had a brutal early schedule. I mean brutal, right through the holidays. 23 of their first 38 on the road. Second time they've done so in franchise history. You go back to 2008-2009, where the Warriors had 24 of their first 38 on the road. But now the schedule becomes more Oracle-friendly, as Golden State will open up against Boston tomorrow night, 10 of the next 14 at Oracle, before heading into the All-Star break. Time now to hear from Draymond Green, the Golden State Warriors forward, now in year number two of his NBA career. Draymond has matured on the floor. He now knows more about being a pro and not just being a basketball player. I had a chance to sit down with the conversation, and we also talked a little bit about his football experience at Michigan State. But there's no doubt that Draymond Green is an important part of the Golden State Warriors roster. Locates Draymond Green, he'll fire away, and his first basket of the night, a huge three for Draymond Green. Makes it 99-96 with a minute five to go. Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors Radio. We're talking with Draymond Green, and uh, Draymond, first of all, uh, congratulations on this road trip. It's uh, it's always good when a club is able to get together and, and bond on a road trip. You guys did it last year in December. More of the same this year? I mean, you know, one thing coming into this road trip, you know, we say we you know, it can be a turning point in the season. Um, you know, we've coming up, I think, a four-game win streak coming in. And, you know, we knew if we could come on this world trip and take care of business, it could really turn our season, you know, for the better. And I think there's a, you know, there's a turning point in every season. Sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse. And, you know, this has been working out in our favor for the better. Uh, pretty certain that uh, the newest warrior, Andre Iguodala, can hit a big shot. Absolutely. Um, that's his second two-for-two two this year. So, you know, it's always good. Um you know, I think Gerald did a lot of credit for that shot, which he should. But you know, also Steph could have also heaped up a shot with two people on him, and we could have prayed that it went in. But he made the right play, got it to the open guy, and Dre was able to knock the shot down. So you know, it was definitely a great shot, and you know, he should get a lot of credit for it. But you know, a lot of people overlook Steph making the right play. We're almost halfway through your second year in the NBA. What's different for you now as opposed to this point last year? Uh, the game has slowed down. You know, you, you start seeing the game at the at a rate where, you know, it's comfortable for you, you know, as opposed to just everything seeming frantic because, the you know, the speed of the game is different. You know, you adjust everything different. You kind of, you know, you got your routine of what you do on game days, you know, what you do on off days and all those things. It's just everything is just more comfortable now. Is an example of that the play you made at home 
in the Toronto game. You're on a post up on the on the left side, and you threw like a quarterback strike to Steph cross court for a three. Is that an example of it? Absolutely. You know, um, last year I would have probably just start as soon as I got the ball in the post to start going. You know, and this as opposed to letting everybody clear out. You know, taking your time, reading the situation, seeing what's there, and taking what the defense giving you. You know, it just would have been like, just go. Get the ball, just go. And now it's just like, play at my speed. You know, don't let nobody speed you up. Play at the speed that you want to play at and get what you want to get. You know, if I wanted to get a shot at that point, I think I could have made a move to give me a shot. However, we got one of the best shooters in the world, you know, over there. His guy's helping in. He's over there in the corner. I think that's a good time to find him. How much fun is it to play in a team that shares the ball the way you guys do? Because not all teams are like that. It's a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely a lot of fun just to be able to, you know, know that you're out there. There's a possibility you're going to get the ball. You know, so you always have to stay ready. You know, that time that you're not ready and not expecting to get the ball, you're going to end up getting it. So, it's, you know, it's fun to play with it. When you share the ball like that, it becomes contagious, and everybody wants to share the ball, and it works out for us. We're talking with Draymond Green, I, Tim Roy, and, and uh, Draymond, a, a great offseason for you. What did you do to lean your body out and to come back in great shape? Um, changed my eating habits and just work. You know, it was just every day just putting the work in, putting the necessary work in to better myself, you know, to get in better shape, you know, just to do all those things that helped me become a better player. And it was just constant work. You know, it wasn't many days off. Changing your eating habits. Let's go before and after. Oh, well, I'm not going to sit in front like I'm just the greatest eater. No, you know, you every now and then you try, you know, you step outside and you know eat some bad, but you know, as opposed to always eating fried stuff and you know greasy foods, just college food. Eat, eat, yeah, just try to eat more, you know, baked stuff now and just try to grill, you know, grilled or something like that where it's not fried. Now, as a former uh, announcer for Stanford football, it grieves me to bring up this topic, but uh, I know that you were probably one of the few people that live at least part-time in Northern California that was pretty happy with the result. I was ecstatic. I'm still ecstatic. Um, you know, it was a great win for our program. You know, Coach D'Antonio has really, you know, came in and turned the program around. You know, I think you have to give a lot of credit to our athletic director, Mark Hollis. You know, he's just, he's bringing greatness around Michigan State. You know, he's put the right coaches in place, and so it's just it's, a, it's greatness all around, and I'm excited. You know, I think I'm the biggest Michigan State fan ever. So anytime Michigan, whether it's water polo, checkers, whatever it is, if it's Michigan State, I'm sold on it, and I'm always going to cheer for him. So I was ecstatic. Still am. I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but you actually played in a Michigan State spring game? Yes, yes. I played. I'm going into my senior year, so the end of my junior year. How did that happen? You know, I saw Coach D earlier that year. And, you know, I told him, Coach D, I wasn't playing the spring game. And he was like, all right, come off there. And I think he thought I was joking when I said it. So, like, maybe two or three weeks before the spring game, they were, you know, they were doing all their spring training, I mean, spring practice and winter conditioning and all that stuff. I went into his office and I said, Coach D, the spring game coming up. I want to play in the spring game. He's like, oh, I thought you was joking. I'm like, no, I'm serious. I want to play. He's like, okay, well, um, Come out to practice the Tuesday to the spring games on Thursday. Come out to practice the Tuesday before the spring game. I'm like, all right, I'll be there. I went to practice. They gave me my helmet and my pass and <laughs> taught me a few things, and I went out there for the game. What position did you play? I lined up at tight end the first play. Nice. And, um, you know, I'm good friends with all the guys on the football team. And the defensive tackle, so um, Andrew Maxwell was a the quarterback there, and he, he said, we're going on set hit. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm just sitting on me, static, like I'm about to run and catch a pass. 
So, some reason, I don't know how he knew, but the, um, the D tackle was down there like, hit it. I wasn't watching the ball, so I took off running. And I look back, I'm the only person that took off running. So, it was a false start the first play. Then they lined me up at receiver. And they had taught me the day before, like, all the hand movements and somebody jam you, how you get them off of you. So, they put they, – they, Johnny Adams, which is our best cornerback at the time, he came, like, literally so close to the line where if he nudged, he would have been offside. Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm so excited I was out there. I'm just standing there like, why is he this close to the line on me? <laughs> Forgot all the techniques about them talking about jamming and stuff. So as soon as they hiked the ball, I just took off. And I stood up and tried to run, and all you heard was crack, crack, crack. He just jammed me up. So then but once I got past five yards, he was still holding me. So they threw me the ball like a 10-yard out. I didn't catch it, but I got a defense to hold it, so I got a first down. <laughs> How did uh, Coach Izzo, your basketball coach, respond to all that? Coach Izzo loved football. Okay. So he, I'm sure he was probably worried, but he knew nobody would be out there trying to hurt me like if I would have caught the ball, I was going to fall to the ground. Like, I wasn't about to take any <laughs> of those hits out there. <laughs> We're talking with Draymond Green. A couple more about the, this, this team this year. You guys are, are coming into your own right now. You're playing the best basketball uh, night in and night out of the season. Uh, what do you see with this team? What, what's the next step, the next level? Just to keep improving. Uh, you know, not have a setback. You know, just continue to do what we've been doing. No letdowns. You know, you can't go in expecting to just win the game. You know, it almost bit us last night. And I don't think we necessarily went in thinking that we were going to win. It was just one of those nights. But, however, we found we found a way to grind it out. And no matter how we did it, we came up with a win. And that's, you know, that's significant in showing growth. And we just have to continue to grow, continue to figure each other out. You know, I think our chemistry is definitely rising and getting better, but still room for improvement. So continue to grow on that and just – Focusing what we've been, what's been winning this game, and that's the defensive end. On the defensive end, you got guys like Andrew Bogut behind you, and he's moving well this year. That has to help. Absolutely, I mean, he anchors our defense. You know, you always hear him in the back line. He protects the rim for us, and you know, he's just that, not on that solid anchor that you need at the rim. You know, I think Roy Hibbert does that for the Pacers. You know, and he's our guy that protects the rim for us. You get beat, you don't have to foul every time because he's there protecting the rim for you. Or, you know, you know if you're guarding the ball, you're going to hear him behind you, and it's a comfort level that he gives you. And also, he's not afraid to if if uh, you're not in the right spot to let you know that too. Absolutely, he's a guy that's not afraid to hear his own voice. You know, if you're wrong, he's going to let you know. And he's the type of guy where if he's wrong, he can, you know, he can take you, letting him know what he should be doing. And that's the sign of a great team that's growing. And I think we're definitely headed in that direction. Final question: Anything new from your game second half of the year? Just continue to do what's been working for me. I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel. Just do what this team needs me to do, and it'll, it'll work out. Now, Draymond, last year you, you had troubles with a shot at times, and but but Mark Jackson never said, hey, don't take that shot. you know. And, and this year that shot has become a weapon for you through repetition. What's it like to play on a team where you have that kind of green light and confidence from the head coach and from your teammates? Oh, I mean, it's, it's great to play on a team like that. You know, even through my struggles – you know, they continued to stick with me. They didn't stop passing me the ball. And when I was open, I would turn down the shot. And Coach Jackson would get mad at me, like, yo, shoot the basketball. Like, dude, I missed seven in a row. Like, <laughs> shoot the basketball. And when you got a, you know, coaches like that or, you know, teammates like that that's 
you know, when you shoot, they're not they're like gonna sigh under their breath or look away. Right. You know, they keep more confidence in you than yourself. You know, not only does it gives you a comfort level and make you feel good, but it also makes you want to work more. You know, to improve that shot because you owe that to them. And so, you know, coming into this year, you know, it was something that all summer I worked on my shot and. You know, it's become a strength for me now, you know, to where, to where I can knock the shot down. You know, coaches come to me in clutch moments. Steph is throwing me the ball in clutch moments. Andre has and David has. And, you know, they had that confidence in me to take the shot and knock it down. And when, you, when you're when you playing with somebody like that and it's their comfort level, you know, who knows what you can do? You know, you never know. So, you know, I think just having that that comfort blanket that, no matter what, if I shoot this shot, they're going to believe in me. And if they can believe in me, then I have to believe in myself. And, you know, any time that you – half the battle is believing. You know, if I go out and believe that I'm a shooter, I'm going to make more shots than I am if I don't believe that I'm a shooter. You know, so it's, it's just all about having confidence in it. And like I said, when they got confidence in you like that, it's a lot easier to have confidence in yourself, and it's helped me come a long ways. Yeah, I really appreciate the conversation. Love the story about the spring game. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Warriors forward Draymond Green. Don't miss the next bobblehead giveaway. The Harrison Barnes bobblehead night takes place on Wednesday, January 15th, when the Warriors take on the Denver Nuggets. The first of 10,000 in attendance will receive a limited edition bobblehead courtesy of Adidas. Buy early and save at warriors.com slash bobblehead. When we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, we'll find out how Steph Curry gave back to the city of Oakland around the holidays. It's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Oh, it over Duncan. <laughs> Elevation sensation for Harrison Barnes. Golden State Warriors basketball. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Some very good news early in the day for Warriors guard Stephen Curry. He has moved into the number two spot among the Western Conference backcourt players in all-star voting. The last Warrior to start an all-star game was Latrell Sprewell back in 1995. So right now, Curry is only trailing Kobe Bryant among the vote-getters. It goes Bryant and then Curry, followed by Chris Paul of the L.A. Clippers and then Jeremy Lin of the Houston Rockets. Other Warriors getting some votes. Klay Thompson ranking number 9 in the Western Conference backcourt. Andre Iguodala is ranked 9 and David Lee number 12 ranked in the front court. though Lee has been playing at an all-star level coming off that road trip where he averaged 22 points, 10 rebounds, and shot 68% from the field. The Golden State Warriors are always looking to make the Bay Area an even better place to live. And no better example than Warriors guard Stephen Curry, who has participated in a number of community events over the years. Well, this year, right after the Christmas holiday, Curry and his family teamed up with the international hunger relief organization Feed the Children and provided 400 local Oakland families with boxes of food and personal care items. It happened right after the Christmas holiday at Beebe Memorial Cathedral. As the Curry family and the Golden State Warriors help brighten the holidays for those who are underserved. How's everybody doing today? Just want to thank you all for having myself and my family uh, here today. Great opportunity, great event. Thank you uh, to Feed the Children uh, for helping sponsor and also the Warriors. You guys have supported me in every step of the way since I've been here. From my, my heart, my family's heart, we want to thank you guys as well. I don't know if you're here enough, but thank you guys. 
Yeah, this is amazing. I think uh, Feed the Children have not only uh, given another face uh, to the company, uh, but it continues to uh, further the mission uh, that they don't want any child left behind, any child hungry, or any child in need. So Feed the Children, uh, Golden State Warriors, and Steph Curry coming together uh, with our church has been not only a blessing, uh, but it sends a strong message that you still matter, you still cared about, and we want you to know we value you. It's a great opportunity to, to have an impact. You know, you, you know that every family can you know, provide uh, during the holiday season, and, and that's something that we want to help, help, help change and, and just bring a smile to you know, certain families' faces, especially the kids going through that as well. So hopefully today is an uh, opportunity for them to come and feel like somebody's taking, you know, taking care of them and cares about them and, and looking out for them um, that they might not have felt otherwise. Whether they eat a good meal or not, um, it's all about being able to spend some time with family. That's what it's all about. Um, you know, you're in a position to give back, and I think uh, you're entitled to do that. Proud supporter of the Bay Area. This is what we call home. Like I said, we've been here for five years, so this is what we call home, and uh, I love it to death. Thank you, guys. Golden State Warriors basketball. Curry from distance, his seventh three-pointer of the game. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Warriors Bucks. Well, Warrior fans, please help Stephen Curry start the 2014 NBA All-Star Game in New Orleans. Go to warriors.com slash dub the vote to find out how to vote for Steph Curry and each of the six Warriors on the ballot. Vote tonight at warriors.com slash dub the vote. Time now to answer your questions on Twitter at WarriorsVox, WarriorsVox, or email me at Timroy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at Warriors.com. Let's get to a couple of things. First of all, some news of the day. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, the Phoenix Suns, is out indefinitely after the Suns have determined that he needs right knee surgery. And what a year of injuries it has been in the National Basketball Association as a lot of great players and a lot of good players have gone by the wayside. And now the latest is Eric Bledsoe of the Phoenix Suns. He had been sidelined, but we did not know that he needed surgery until today. So a tough blow for Jeff Hornacek's ball club. Well, the first question involved the road trip as the Golden State Warriors went 6-1. and one. They become one of three teams in NBA history to go 6-1 and one on the road in consecutive years. And uh, Andrew Kay says, great road trip, great streak, and hats off to the full squad. That's the hashtag, full squad. Definitely a tough loss to Brooklyn, but the outlook is sunny. There's no doubt about that. Golden State started the road trip 18-13. and 13. And they come back 24 and 14, 10 games above 500. And this team that was one game above 500 at one point of the season, struggling with injuries, struggling with some chemistry. But Warriors guard Clay Thompson says they never got down when things weren't going well uh, late November, early December. We realize it's a long season. Uh, we still got a lot of a lot of basketball to play, and um, we still have a lot of opportunity to improve our record. But uh, when you, lose it, when you have a bad week or two, you can't overreact. Moving on on Twitter, Nubian Sage wants to know about the latest on Jermaine O'Neal and Festus Azili. Well, they both continue to do their rehab. Festus was with the ball club on the seven-game road trip, and he is a long-term project. They're looking to try to ease him back. It was a tough knee injury for him in the offseason. And right now, 
I think that uh, he is on target to come back this year. And certainly Jermaine O'Neal, as you heard him say at the time of his wrist injury, it's not a season-ending injury. They're both on the way back, but uh, I wouldn't expect anybody to be coming bouncing on the floor in the next couple of games or so. But they are coming on the way back. And when they get those two guys back, that's when the Warriors' depth will be even better because then Mark Jackson will have numerous options that he can go to and different combinations against different teams. Well, VP111 wants to know about the bench. What about the bench? It's been up and down uh, so far this year for Golden State, and General Manager Bob Myers addresses what he sees as areas where the Warriors can improve. So we would like to see better play from our backup point guard. When we started the season, we've had, we drafted one. Nedovich was a rookie. We have Kent Bazemore, we have Tony Douglas. Iguodala's played some spot minutes there. We still believe as an organization that that's enough to get the job done. Um, Tony was hurt for a while. Bazemore has been a little up and down. He played a little bit better in the last stretch. But we think that position needs to play better. Well, last night in Brooklyn, the Golden State Warriors lost to snapping their winning streak at 10, tying for the second longest winning streak in Warriors history. That was back in 1975, the last time they had won 10 or more. The all-time record is 11 straight wins. It happened in 1971-72, and it happened when Warriors television analyst Jim Barnett was inserted into the Golden State starting lineup. Now, last night before the game in Brooklyn, I sat down with Jim and asked him what he remembered about that streak back in 1971-72. Kind of nice to have you uh, linked with this winning streak. It's kind of fun because, um, you know, that, that team was, we were one game under 500 before we started the streak. We were at 18 and 19 and winning 11, then we ended up 29 and 19. And then actually we lost a game, it, uh, last, the streak lasted for nearly a month. And January 24th, we lost in Chicago and then we won four more in a row. So we actually won 15 and 16 and ended up that year with 51 wins and 31 losses. It was really great. And um, there are a lot of similarities between this team and that team. But, you know, this team right now, it's just terrific. And I hope they just keep on going. The similarity I saw when I looked at who you were playing with during that streak was the fact that you guys had multiple weapons and you had to guard all five guys on the floor. A- exactly. You know, we had a great shooter in Jeff Mullins and a great shooter in Cassie Russell. But we had... Uh, not only a great scorer, but a better defender like Andrew Bogut and Nate Thurman. And a great rebounder. And the, the power forward was Clyde Lee, who was my roommate. And he was just a great rebounder. Um, you know, I remember, this wasn't during the streak, but, you know, Nate would miss a game and Clyde would have to play center. He'd get 18, 19 rebounds. He did that in the playoffs against the Bucks later that year. But Nate Thurman, I went back and looked at some of the box scores during that streak. He played 48 minutes several times. He played 47 minutes, and he would get 23 rebounds and 19 rebounds. And I'll bet you that he averaged somewhere between 18 and 20 rebounds during that stretch. And he ended the year averaging 21.4 points a game and 16.1 rebounds. But during that stretch, he was even better. Now, during that stretch, interesting, the schedule was really balanced. You had five home games, five road games, and one in San Diego, a neutral site. Yes, and ironically, we started the streak on the road, Tim, after the Warriors had lost a home game. So we, we go out on the road, lose a home game, and I believe we lost the first couple of games, uh, New York and somewhere else, and then we started in Cincinnati. And I, I, I looked at that, I don't remember this, but somehow we played the Knicks in San Diego during that streak. Yeah, yeah. So it must have been a doubleheader, and the San Diego Rockets must have played somebody, but that was my sixth year in the league, and I thought we were through with all that kind of stuff. I recall doing that in my early years, particularly with the Celtics, 
We would play double headers in Boston and also New York. You play with a uh, number of different teams, but you always seem to come back to that group. Did you have the most fun playing with that group? That's my favorite team of all time in that year. And I've got a great picture, Tim, that is an 8x10 that Franklin Muley gave me, and he loved that team too. We, 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 the chemistry of that team was terrific. Obviously, it was in the 1975 championship season, which I was not on. But this 8x10 picture, it has that starting five up at the top. Kazzy Russell, Nate Thurman, Clyde Lee, then Jeff Mullins and I are kneeling on one knee. And it's, it's the only picture I have displayed in my house. I love that picture, and I like to look at it. And it just um, it's, a, it's a really terrific picture of everyone. And, of course, three of those players, Kazzy, Clyde Lee, and myself, we're all drafted in the 1966 draft. That's a great little note. And obviously, you know, to have that team tied in with this team, it's a lot of fun because uh, right now this ball club's playing great hoop. They really are, and I just hope that uh, they continue to do so. They've got such great spirit about them. They know how to focus. They've got a great coach in Mark Jackson who keeps them focused. He, he, he has a real magic touch with this group of guys. I'm really impressed with him and the way he relates and the way they play hard for him and love to play for him. But they're a fun group to watch. Um, High-scoring team. You never know. And here you are in Brooklyn. It's not Madison Square Garden, but it's nearby. Hi, Tim Roy. That was Jim Barnett before last night's game in Brooklyn when we continue a conversation with David Aldridge, one of the longtime great scribes who covers the NBA for NBA.com and the TNT. That conversation after these words on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Left side, Bogut touch pass to David Lee. Two-hand, rim-racker for Lee. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Tim Royal with David Aldridge of NBA.com. You've seen him on uh, TNT. How many years now covering the NBA? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I started, I was the backup on the Bullets in 1987, so how many, however many years that is. <laughs> What, uh, 26 now? 26 years. So, uh, what stories have caught your eye so far, really, this season? Well, your team's not bad. <laughs> they're out. Yeah, no, they're not bad. They're they're fun to watch. And uh, I wrote before the season, it's the most exciting team in the NBA, and I stand by that. I think they are. Um, and they uh, have just incredible shot makers, and they're never out of a game as a result, as you know. And... Uh, it's been fun watching them. But, uh, you know, sadly, I think the main story this year is all the injuries. You know, now you've got CP3 down for a while. Um, just so many injuries to so many star players this year. It's been very, very troubling. And I don't know that there's any one reason for it. I mean, you know, Derek Rose went back door and his knee buckled. I mean, there's, well, that happens, right? So, I mean, it's, um, it's unfortunate. But I think that's one of the major stories this year is that so many teams have had to go without their star players. And that, that's a that's a, a factor not only for wins and losses, but also for star power in the league yeah, as well. Absolutely. You know, and it, for playoff seeding, all of those things. I mean, like the West now, you know, San Antonio, again, if they can stay healthy, has kind of an inside lane to do very well in the playoffs. If Westbrook is out for a considerable amount of time, San Antonio gets the number one seed as a result, that becomes very difficult for people to beat them in the seven-game series. So go back to the Warriors for a moment. When Mike D'Antoni had his seven seconds to shoot team in that, mm-hmm. the, there was talk, well, you can't win that way because there's not enough defense. Yeah. The Warriors are a good defensive team. Are they proving that you can play at a fast pace and win games? Well, I think the first thing they do is play defense, and then the offense comes out of that. So um, 
yes, if you play good defense first, um, and I think they do. Uh, the Suns were never a really good defensive team. I mean, they outscored a lot of people, but they never really were an outstanding defensive. They weren't as bad as people thought, but they weren't very good. And so, so um, this team's much better defensively, I think, than they were. And when you have two guys, really, that can make shots at any point in the clock from anywhere on the floor, uh, the spacing obviously becomes uh, much better, and you have a much greater opportunity to score late in shot clocks. Indiana has really thrown down the gauntlet that they're going to be reckoned with. I mean, last year they were right there, and they're deeper now, and they seem to be more determined. I think so. I mean, I think Indy's got, you know, the the pain of losing in the playoffs the last two years to Miami uh, combined with the development of some of their stars like George and Hibbert um, and the additions of uh, to strengthen their bench like Scola has really helped them a lot. We'll see. I mean, I'm still not quite convinced they can beat Miami four times, but we'll see. I mean, I think they're they're real close. <laughs> and uh, if Miami takes any step back because of injury or anything else, I think Indy can get them. Why has the East not progressed over the last decade? Well, I wrote about 8,000 words about that two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of different reasons. A lot of things have happened over the last decade that, that – caused that a uh, player like Dwight Howard who should be on Orlando enjoying his career and making Orlando should be a power is in the Western Conference now <laughs> you know Derrick Rose gets hurt that shut Chicago down for th- three years essentially I mean they were well on their way to being a team that really felt like they could beat Miami and maybe they could maybe they would have by now but they, they're not without him um, you know draft picks not working out <clears throat> other things that have happened over the last few years, uh, some good fortune uh, from some teams in the West. I mean, Oklahoma City did a great job building that team, but there was some good fortune there yeah, yeah. <laughs> with them being yeah. able to, to put that team together and keep it together for a while. Um, so there's a lot of different things. There's no one thing in particular. Uh, a team like Boston decided we're going to blow it up. We're going to get rid of the big three, big four, and start over. And I think a lot of teams in the East made a similar decision based on the draft next year. So, um, But the funny thing is, now you look over the last week, Toronto's won five straight. Yep. <laughs> Philly won four straight on the road. They beat Portland in Portland on Saturday night. Yeah. The Knicks beat San Antonio in San Antonio. <laughs> Brooklyn beat Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. I mean, you know, things change quickly in this league. Final well, question for you. 87, your first year, uh, who are some of the uh, characters on the Bolts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun team. I enjoy covering that team. Daryl Walker was the point guard. who's now with the Knicks as assistant coach. Jeff Malone was the two guard. Um, John Williams, who I still maintain was one of the ten most talented players I've ever seen, <laughs> was on that team and, and played very well. Um, Harvey Grant, the lesser Grant brother, was on that team. <laughs> and Wes Unsell was the coach. It was, a, it was a fun team to cover. I mean, they gave, they played hard. They really played hard. They, were, they had very little talent, but they played very hard. And I learned a lot about professional basketball and what it means to be a professional watching that team. Appreciate the chat and uh, continued success with your career. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. One of the great gentlemen who covers the NBA, that's David Aldridge of NBA.com and TNT. I'm Tim Roy. Warriors have their first home game in 2014 tomorrow night against the Boston Celtics. Ten of the next 14 at Oracle before heading into the All-Star break. And we'll take a look at that and the rest of the schedule as we wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Draymond goes to work with three, with two. Runner, right hand flip on the rim and down. Draymond Green. 
We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time out for the upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. Tomorrow night, the Warriors are finally back on the Oracle floor. And I, for one, am really curious to see the kind of reaction Golden State will get when they hit the hardwood tomorrow night, having gone 6-1 on a road trip for the second year in a row. And they come back to Oracle 10 games above 500 and soaring in the Western Conference standings. They take on the Boston Celtics, who are rebuilding, but they do have a talent, and his name is Jeff Green. Darrell Wallace has it. Five-second count begins. Wallace throws it long cross court. It is fielded by Jeff Green from the corner. Got it! He got it! It's a three for Jeff Green! A miracle in Miami has unfolded in front of our eyes. And the two-time defending world champion Miami Heat have just taken a loss they simply cannot believe. Warriors and the Celtics, 7 o'clock with the airtime. It's an authentic fan Friday brought to you by Comcast Sports Net. And on the radio side, Tom, I will not travel. Tolbert is back alongside to help with the broadcast. And then Wednesday, January 15th, the Warriors take on the Denver Nuggets. And when you play the Denver Nuggets, you always have to account for the very talented Ty Lawson. Miller posting on Dragic on that block, steps through, jumps it back out to Harrington, touch pass Lawson, open for three in the corner, Lawson hits it! Warriors and Nuggets, 7 o'clock with the airtime here on KMBR 680 next Wednesday, January 15th. It's Harrison Barnes bobblehead night. First 10,000 fans receive a limited edition bobblehead courtesy of Adidas, and then next Thursday, another edition of the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. 8 o'clock is the airtime on KMBR 680, and can it be the Warriors go right back on the road a week from Friday and Saturday in Oklahoma City and at New Orleans. But the Warriors have two home games before that, Friday night against Boston and Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets. All right, Tim Roy, that's going to wrap up the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Stay tuned. Ray Woodson will take your calls and comments about the seven-game road trip, and you can ask Ray about areas where the Warriors can improve as they head toward the second half of the season. 808 KMBR is your number to dial up Ray. I want to thank everybody connected with tonight's show, including Warriors forward to Draymond Green, longtime Warriors television analyst Jim Barnett, and David Aldridge of NBA.com and TNT. I'm Tim Roy for the producer who never says goodbye, and that is R.C. Davis. David Feldhaus at the controls at KMBR 680. I'm Tim Roy. Thank you for listening to the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Warriors and the Celtics tomorrow night at 7 o'clock right here on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Iguodala, right to Clay Thompson, back to Iguodala. One dribble goes to the rim, and he scores with the right hand. For tickets, go to warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.